You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. Real topics, real conversations, probably some real controversy. I'm Jason Klaus. Join me and Amy Sheridan as we bring you the real here on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm. here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm, along with Amy Sheridan. I'm Jason Klaus. We certainly appreciate you tuning in this week, as you have been for the last few weeks. And, you know, I've said it from day one that this was going to be unlike anything else that we do here on the network. Uh, Your debut episode a couple of weeks back, you know, it was awesome, like I knew it would be. But my goodness gracious, I don't think anybody expected you know just how we would kick this thing off really uh, in terms of topic ideas I mean out of the pot and into the fire Amy and I mean you when when I posted the link uh, on Saturday uh, last Saturday for last week's show I put my own uh, personal comment on there like I have done several interviews I have talked to a bunch of different people since launching the podcast, you know, portion of my life. I have never in my life in this realm been a part of a conversation like the one that we had last week here. Um, And before we get into this week's topic, um, I just wanted you to know, um, I'm I'm sure you got feedback and, and we can talk a little bit about that. But the feedback that I got was this is exactly what this show is all about. You went very, very deep into the woods, and it was, without a shadow of a doubt, one of, one of, if not the best conversations I've ever recorded on this network. What, what was, what was your feedback? Um, well, first of all, that's that's super amazing. That uh, that episode was it. It was it was hard to do. But I thought that, like, my thought process going into such a heavy topic in the second episode, you know, because, I mean, obviously, you know that that definitely wasn't the way that I I was, like, geared to do things, you know, like, I I wasn't planning on doing that. But I thought after, you know, after that first initial introduction episode, it was kind of like, I want the audience to, like, know 
I, I just want them to go back to the beginning, you know, and like the way that I am, the way that I think, like who I am, um, who, who I used to be and, and how I've learned, like everything stems back to that beginning. And, and I really just wanted to make sure, you know, that everyone kind of understood that, you know, because people can say, people can say some sh some shit, you know, and and then another person doesn't exactly know like where it comes from. Well, I, I just needed to get into some background. And unfortunately, it was just like one of the more heavier topics um, that I'm <laughs> not anticipating it going like that. Um, but after even hearing myself tell the story again, like it was just tears, you know, like I, I just ultimately started crying when I heard it. And it was just kind of like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, once I got through that part and, you know, we were talking about, you know, like where bullying kind of stems from and, and how parents can help it. It's kind of like, yes, OK, that's what I needed. Right. You know, because I don't want this show to be so much about, like, my life and my personal shit. You know, like, it, it's not to tell people all about me like it, it's just a little bit of backstory and and how like the reason why I perceive things the way the way that I do you know the reason why I do things the way I do like what I have learned from my personal experiences so like it, it does get personal but I didn't want it to be all about that you know like I want people to know that certain things can happen if you know, certain things aren't dealt with in the right way or even close in the ballpark of the right way. Because, I mean, let's face it, there's really no right way to parent children. You know, there, there's no, there's, it's such a gray area, such a gray area. And everyone has like completely different parenting styles, you know, and, and nothing is black and white. Nothing is right and wrong. You know, it's just not cut like that. It's, everyone's situations are different and you know going forward with this I mean we're gonna get real we're gonna get raw and and apparently I have to open myself up for that which is extremely hard to do because I'm such a private person but if I know that it helps at least one person it it's worth it to me you know I, um, and I think that that it did um that I mean across the board here on on the PFC podcast network, that was the second highest rated show that we've ever done. That's amazing. For, for Klaus to the Heart podcast, for Tea Time, for Turbuckle Time Machine, Wendy's World, like all of them. They wow. Shot up to, to the, I mean, just the only one that had that anything has never eclipsed yet is the tribute show that I did like days after my brother died. Right. Um, that one. You know, still at at the top of the list, but well, and that one should be at the top of the list. Um, that was a damn good show. Yeah, <laughs> um, you don't not um, you know you don't put your business out there in in in, in a public forum like that. So no, I don't. for you to come on and it goes so personal, like you can really feel the emotion in your voice. <clears throat> I had the benefit of seeing it. You know, so I saw your one. I saw your your presentation, 
and it was amazing to watch. <laughs> it's not so amazing to feel this. <laughs> but again, I mean, it it kind of helped me too. Like, I kind of felt a little bit lighter, you know, afterwards. Like, it was it was emotionally draining. And like I was telling you before the show, like, all, all I wanted to do was just go back to bed, lay there, and just, and just continue crying, like, continue letting it out. And I think because my embarrassment or uh, I don't even know how you would describe it because, like, I'm not... I'm not embarrassed that I did that. Like, I was a, a, a like a, a young kid, you know, like I, I wasn't supposed to know the difference. So I don't like, I don't blame myself like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to choke down. It's, sure. it's so hard to choke down. And, and I just, I've just spoken it before, you know. It, it it was just ex- extremely difficult, um, but some of the feedback that I did get um, from actually some pretty unexpected people, I, I didn't even think that they, some people would listen, you know, um, but they had said that they can relate to that and, you know, it, it really, not that it so much helped them, but it well, I guess yeah, helped them, you know, to know that they're they're not alone. Like you know, I, I'm sure everyone has done things that they just wish that they they didn't do, you know, like back in the day. And and that's you know, you you learn from that and you grow from that and you just try to be a better person. And that's all you can do. That's it. You know, learn. Everything has the 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 potential to be a life lesson. Absolutely. If you so choose, yes, <laughs> um, that's that's the problem with 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 a lot of people, right? Because they, right. you know, in their mind they do no wrong. Well, in in, in reality, we all do wrong. It's just absolutely what level here. Um, but I felt like that was a prime example of what this show is all about. And absolutely. even though it's not supposed to be all about Amy Sheridan's life. Yeah, you you can take those things from your life and apply them to the topic at hand. In which turn, this is where you're coming from. Yeah, like like you said, we all come from different walks of life, and we all have different experiences. So yeah, we're gonna we will deal with things differently. But you know, if one person, if it resonated with one person, then that hour and a half or or however long it was was totally worth it. And you know. Just, just a great way to really kick this thing off here. Right now, we're we're moving into this week, and you came up with a a pretty cool idea. I don't know a whole lot other than like the very basis of it, so I, I'm going to let you explain what we're doing, and we're off to the races here. So, what are we going to talk about this week on the show? Yeah, so this week, uh, I wanted things just to be a little bit lighter, so I wasn't so emotionally drained this week when I when I get off here. Um, but there is, so, okay, so we're going to play this, this game. It's called This or That, and I'm going to give you something. I'm just going to tell you something, and then I'm going to give you a couple of choices. There's only, like, 
one thing that doesn't have a choice because there's just way too many choices to even think of, but I'll let you know what that is. And I just want to know your real honest, like reaction, your, your answers, you know, I, and, and I don't want you like thinking about it too much. I, I just, you know, cause some of these, um, some of these are, are pretty fresh. Some of these, like a lot of people are talking about some of these, nobody's talking about. So I'm going to start with just some light ones and then they'll get into more serious. Okay. Okay. All right. So You're let's steer the ship here. I'm just, you know. <laughs> Kids who dress crazy, attention seeking, or just expressing themselves? Expressing themselves. Why? I feel like um, when, when, because I, I can use my daughter as an example because this is right up her wheelhouse. Right. Like, this is how she demonstrates her create her creativity. Okay. Like, what she sees looks like a, a perfect ensemble I look at as a clash of patterns. You know I mean? <laughs> but, yes! Um, and if like we've gotten in, into arguments about this. I'm like, baby, you can't be wearing stripes with, with polka dots. It just doesn't go. But she will actually, I know, she will actually take the time to tell me why this works for her. And I'm like, okay, seeing as how you have laid this out, I get it. I don't see it the way that you do. Right. But obviously this is something that means something to you. And at eight years old, and, and, and to be that committed, I really feel like it's it's a way for her to express some sort of creativity or, I mean, this this means something for, for her. Okay. So I feel, I feel like it's, it's expressing her, a portion of her creativity. So in the same sense, take your daughter, put her on one side, and yeah. on the other side, go to Lapeer Days. <laughs> and and see a kid walking down the street gauges in his ears in his lip it, piercings everywhere tattoos everywhere crazy hair color and he's wearing like a freaking I don't even know like just just real goth real freakish you know Black eyeliner everywhere, you know, black lipstick, black nail polish, looks real dirty. What do you think then? Attention seeking? He's downtown Lapeer Days, dressed like an absolute freaked out goth guy that surely is going to turn heads. Is he attention seeking or is he just creative? I feel like, and I mean, I, I can see the argument on, on both parts. Right. Um, but when, when, when I see a kid like that, because I've, I've seen people that, that look like that. Yeah, me too. Um, I, when I see it to that extreme, I feel like it's a defiance thing. Like okay. he has been, he has been told you can't do this. You can't look like that. You can't, can't, can't. And, like, he's tired of being told that he can't. And he's like, watch me. Yeah, to, <laughs> to the 10th power. I'm going to walk down the pier days. 
Right. And have I, everyone stare at me. I, you know, in, in that aspect, I feel like that there is a level of defiance. I feel like that there is some, some creativity that, that goes into that. Um, but I can also see where it is an, an attention-seeking thing because he's been told, no, you can't look like this. Yeah. Well, fuck you. Watch me. And right. now, now, now everybody's looking at me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now switch it from a guy to a girl. Uh huh. Teenage girl. You got a leather mini skirt just past the ash cheek, like just past the ash cheek, with some thigh high boots, some fishnets, a nice crop top that's like super revealing with piercings and crazy colored hair. Would you feel the same? I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Um, and it, I, can it, see, I can see where there is a double standard. There is. Um, you know, Amy, I, I'll be honest with you. I I feel like, and I know, I know this is going to sound extremely horrible, but my first initial reaction is she's trying to gain attention. Right. And I hate feeling that way. Why is it like that for a female, but it's not like that for a male? Ta-da! Um, but I, I think that's where men and women are wired differently. Right. Well, Their and I think, different. I think the ages matter, too. Sure, because sure. I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, with your, your eight-year-old. I mean, Matt used to, oh, my God, when he was a kid, like, he wanted blue hair and red hair and everything that would stain his see-through hair, if I forget yeah. one. You know, he he wanted these band T-shirts and these, you know, beaded necklace collars and and shit. I look at myself in my senior pictures and I am so goffed out. It's not even funny, but it's different. It's like a different standard for for men and for women and for the age gap. You know, it. I mean, so let's uh, let's <laughs> thank you for your honest answer. Well, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit, yeah? Right, right. I mean, at, at least you weren't like, well, when I see the girl look like that, I think, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, old ladies, old ladies who dye their hair a crazy color and have a crazy haircut. Attention-seeking? Or just expressing themselves. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, and I'm talking like, like bright blue, bright pink, you know, and they're, they're old. They're old ladies. That, in my opinion, if, it, if they're over the age of 50 and, and they're doing this. Yeah. Specifically to gain attention. Really? Yeah. I have the complete opposite opinion of you. I think it's literally just expressing themselves. I think because of their age, that shit wasn't like really wasn't acceptable back then. Right. You know, like they couldn't do any of that shit back then. And now they can. And they're they're And I can't say they're so old because, you know, 50s isn't really like old, but. You know, like, 
I think because they're older and now they they can do whatever the hell they want and they just don't care what everyone else thinks. So I, I think they're living their best lives. I can see that. And I guess it's it's individualized based on because people know what their intentions are. Yeah. They know what yeah. they're trying to <laughs> what what they're trying to to gain with that. I just feel like at that at that stage it's like they're they're coming they're coming into a, a, a an era of their lives where like they're desperately trying to hold on to yesteryear. Yeah. And in their mind it makes younger. them Yeah, it makes them feel younger. It makes them feel like they're still cool. It makes them feel especially if they have kids and grandkids that are of the ideal age, you know, in terms of they really have their finger on the pulse on what is cool nowadays. So they want to be associated with that, especially, and and I find this with, with women who were like the prom queens in school, who were the popular cheerleaders, who were this, who were that, and, and another thing. Look, once you get out, out of high school and college and you embark on real life, that portion of your life is, is done, but that was yeah. the greatest time that you felt. You felt like you were a million bucks. So if you're now at this stage of, of your life and you feel like you're losing that grip that you're becoming that quote-unquote old lady, you yeah. will do whatever you can to sink your claws into into the coolness. Yeah. And, if that, and if that means dyeing your hair rainbow colors, then that's, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I see your point there. That's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good, pretty good assumption. All right, pro athlete, overpaid or well deserved? I uh, I get so pissed at this subject. That, yeah, <laughs> I talk this about. is a topic unto itself for a whole episode. I oh. have, I have a serious problem. With the landscape of, of professional sports right now, um, I I have a real problem where an athlete will um, favor the amount of money in his bank account over his his brand of loyalty to an organization or a team that gave him an opportunity to, by and large, make a living at playing a kid's game. Not only that, but to be a I mean they these guys and gals have an opportunity to be role models for yeah. young athletes for the community that has that has you know surrounded themselves with with a particular athlete or a particular team I'll use Tom Brady as an example yeah like like this dude was was Mr. New England for the longest time he's he's gone off and become our, you know the greatest quarterback in the history of the game I cannot argue that I don't like the guy but that's what it is the numbers don't lie Right. But you have shit on your fan base in New England because Tampa Bay offered you more money. You can go across the board, across all major sports, like basketball, like LeBron James is, in my opinion, the epitome of everything that is wrong in professional sports. Just my opinion. No. And that, that's that's a great one because let me, I get I get so mad. Whenever I talk about all this stuff, like, I think the only athlete that actually deserves all of the money that he makes is Miguel Cabrera. Sure. 
But that is only because I love that hot, sexy Mexican man. Or I don't even think he's Mexican. I think he's like Dominican Republic or, or something. Yes. I don't know. But I am so in love with that man. So he can make whatever money he wants. Okay, so, so quick sidebar about okay. him. Saturday, this past Saturday, um, he hit his 3,000 hit. Yes, right? he did. So uh, Brittany and I went down to Comerica Park. She had bought me tickets for my birthday because it was the Tigers and the Colorado Rockies. Which right. Everybody knows me, knows how much I love the Rockies, too. They're like my second favorite team. So we, we discovered that they were coming to, to Detroit. She bought me tickets for my birthday. It just happened to be um, that day. We were we were running a little bit behind, but by the time we got down to the stadium, there I mean it was at it was a little after one o'clock, and there was still like two thousand people trying to get into the stadium because the security there is an absolute joke. Yeah, um, I could go on for hours about that shit, but we were right outside the stadium when he hit that, and oh, like, you could hear you heard it. You heard the crowd roar, and then right down the way from us is where they had the the pyro set up. So all the pyro started blowing off. Oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. But we were there. Right. It was, it was a perfect game. I, I mean, it was a beautiful weather. It was a great experience. I got to see my two favorite teams. So, I mean, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah. But, but we were there outside the stadium when he hit his his milestone hit there that is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing i mean <laughs> to see it in detroit and like you know the the rain before or the game before got rained out so right. he was able to hit his 3000th here so i mean that that was definitely cool <clears throat> but going back i mean yeah be, besides miguel Cabrera. <laughs> Um, I am so, mm. you ever see that movie Moneyball? Yes. Yeah. So you're putting together that team and like all these high, like that's kind of like a perfect example, but even in, even in Moneyball, like I, I think even those players got, you know, you're thinking, okay, they're playing sports. This is the same shit that our kids do in school that, you know, our, our kids do in college and in high school and the little, you know, minor leagues and, and they don't really get paid. But some of these these kids are really, really good at this shit. And I'm just like, you have uh, they're making so much money. It's like stupid money, like just stupid money. And they're. They're wasting, <laughs> they're just wasting. I get so mad because and then you have people. That and and you're supposed to be a, a role model when you're you know you're making you're making the big bucks you're you know one of the highest paid athletes and you're a shitty ass role model you know I mean it, even down to dog fighting I mean the whole Michael Vick thing and I'm just like are you fucking getting me like they get to do this and, and get paid all this money but then I see blue collar workers. And all the shit they go through and, and all the shit everyone goes through. I mean, it's not even just blue collar workers. You know, they they may they make more than doctors, like right. doctors that save lives. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, 
what in the hell? Like, I just can't, I, I cannot fathom this where this has become this, this big money grab with these sports teams, you know, and, and it's any sports team, you know, wrestling included, sure. you know, and how, how come cheerleaders aren't making this kind of money? You know, that's a sport. How, how come there isn't like a highest paid cheerleader? You know, I, I hate oh, they do. They're, they're just, they, they cheer for, for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And I bet you that they still don't make a fraction of, of what some of the lower level guys do. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like totally agree. you want to make some money playing, you know, playing whatever sport you want. It, be my guest, but does it have to be fucking millions? Like, Millions per season, not even just like millions for one contract. Like it's these things are paid over, you know. I like I can't. I get so mad. The business side of sports has ruined sports. Yes. It has ruined people. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So keeping on kind of sportsy participation trophies. Nope. Great idea or bad idea? Horrible. Why? Because if you are going to embark on any type of competition in life, sports, or you're going for the same promotion or at work or something like this, look, at the end of the day, there, there's, there is a first place and there is a second place. Okay. I mean, any way you look at it. And don't they get bigger trophies, though? So if... Okay. Uh-huh. I've, got, <laughs> I've gotten into a lot of conversations about this because my son is in baseball. And right. he's a very good baseball player. Like, he's got people looking at him already for, for colleges, which is fucking insane to me. Isn't that? It's cool. At, at the end of the day, we have to teach our kids if they are going to embark in sports or any type of competitive nature, we have to teach them how to be good losers, not just a good winner. Right. And if you are giving a second place, third place, you know, how however many places, a participation trophy, and like in their mind, what are they really playing for? Because when obviously this is more geared towards like younger kids, younger athletes. Yeah. Because in their mind, like they want the big shiny trophy at the end of the tournament. They right. they want that recognition. But if they're going into it with, well, it doesn't matter how hard I play or no matter what I learn or whatever, I'm still going to get something shiny. It yeah. may not be six feet tall, but it, you know, but you're still getting something shiny. That that's not life, because life is not always going to give you a shiny participation trophy at the end of whatever the hell it is that you're doing. So I feel like we're kind of setting them up for number one, this, this sense of um, entitlement, which makes that transition to real life and how they embark on real life. Right. Um, And that's one of the reasons why I feel like our society has gotten so far away from the fundamentals of life. We're not teaching these kids the right things. Like we're not always going to win. At some point, there's going to be a time where somebody or something else is better than us. Well, right. instead of, you know, t- taking a, a participation trophy, and be, well, I, fuck it, I tried. No. What can you do better? 
how can you improve yourself? And if that trophy is the one thing that, that motivates you to be a better portion of yourself, then by God, let that be your motivation. Okay. Well, let me spin this a little on you. Because I, I, I'm a little indifferent. Not that I, I don't think that participation trophies are the answer. And I think that there definitely should be a cutoff. And, and I only think that it should be there in certain situations, but there, there's a reason for that. But, so, I think that participation trophies for kids like a certain age and younger, I think that that's appropriate. And I use that word. I think it's appropriate. Now, the only reason why I say this is, because I have put my kids in every single sport there is me, me, before they even know what it is, like me. So I put them in these sports to find out what they like, because they don't know what they like. They've never played these things before. I did like how some of the programs, and mind you, these these are paid programs. I paid for them, like not through their school, but through the city. So I paid for these programs. And when I pay for something, I expect like a, when I pay a lot of money, like if it's like 20 bucks or something, it that that's nothing, whatever, I don't care. But when you're paying like $80 and then forced to sell like so many raffle tickets because Elba did that, like we signed Matt up for Elba baseball, like it was like fucking T-ball and we had to pay like 80 bucks plus provide the uniform and then um, we had to, we had a stack of raffle tickets that we had to sell and it was like, it was like $200 in raffle tickets and that was just to be in there. So, God damn it, my kid better get something for my money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get so, that. And, and mind you, it's T-ball. You know, this is shit that I am subjecting my child to to see if they like. And when they give them, like, a participation medal, you know, like the little, I, I think they just gave them these, like, little medals. I don't even think that they were trophy trophies. Um, but when they give them that, that kind of teaches them, oh, okay. So, you know, like if I if I try and if I do good, you know what I mean? Like it kind of starts them out with kind of like wanting more and like wanting that big one. You know, it gives them a goal. It shouldn't be, I, I don't think that it should be every single, you know, thing. I think there should be an age limit and I think it should only be in paid programs because the parents are paying for this. Most of the time, these kids, they don't even want to do it. Like, us parents, it's more for the parents. Us parents are the ones that are forcing our kids into doing this shit when it's so early. Because they don't know. They don't know what they like until they try it. And they do all this shit. And they're like, oh, hey, this was cool. I really like this. And then they continue out throughout the year. Chase, none of them stuck with Chase. Chase didn't want to do any. He is... Mm, he is one of those people where he will play a sport if nobody touches him, nobody comes within his personal bubble, 
and you know, like if he can do good, Chase caught on to golf. And let me tell you, it is the perfect sport for him because nobody touches him. He's all by himself. He's got his own clubs, his own things. And he's done really good at that. Matt, everyone thought that Matt was going to be this football player because Matt was a big kid. You know, he was always taller than all the other kids, always bigger than all the other kids. Like everyone, my whole family would be like, oh, here comes Jake Long. You know, it's Matt Long. And it's like, okay, all right. You know, Matt played football for quite a few years. And then he, he ended up not liking it because these these kids were fucking awful and shit. And and truth be told, some of these coaches were fucking dicks too. You know, these coaches have their favorites. And when you're playing for someone in like our city though, for our high school, there's like a second string, a a, a third string, you know, first string, second, third, fourth because there's so many fucking players so like you're doing all this work but you're not playing you know like and you won't play for years unless you're really fucking good so it was kind of like a a lost cause for him and he just he didn't want to embark on that journey and that was fine Matt did really good at baseball but it only lasted maybe about five years and he didn't I don't think he got a trophy every time but in those early years I think it was cool, and and I think it's appropriate. Okay, I can I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check this one off. Will Smith, the infamous slap, right or wrong? And I'll just premise, I struggle with this one, too. It's so hard not to see both sides. No. It's so hard. It's like, I, I feel him, but God damn it, was that fucked up. I, uh, I, I, like you, I'm torn on the whole thing. Like, I'll be straight up. When, when I first seen it, I thought, this is a gimmick. Like, they... Right. Like, because they kept saying for the last few years how much the the ratings, the television ratings, are plummeting for these award shows. And the Oscars were no exception. Like, yeah. they were still at the top of the list, but their numbers were nowhere near where they were five, six years ago. Right. So when I see that, I'm like, well, this is a publicity grab. And why else would you, would you not incorporate Will Smith, who played Muhammad Ali, he's, you know, he's one of the elite in Hollywood, why everybody knows who he is. Um, but in, in the event that this was a very real life situation, I, I try, I try to think how would I have responded to this? If I felt like my wife who, or my girlfriend or whatever was sick or was badly something. And then she was the butt of a joke on worldwide television. Yeah. I have a huge fucking problem with this. Yeah. Would I have walked up on stage and knocked the shit out of him? I don't know if I would have gone that route with it. Just, you know, because I'm more calculated than than most people, you know what I mean? But in, in the very raw moments of that, 
assuming that everything was real. Like, I don't think, I, I don't take exception with him being upset. I just, I feel like it could have been handled a lot better because essentially because Will Smith is who he is. Yeah. He was presented with an opportunity uh, to show the entire world what is the right way, what is the wrong way. But this goes into that gray area where people don't know what the right way or what the wrong way is. They go on raw emotion. There's that, yeah. there's that gray area. I feel like um, in, in, in a sense that you are teaching your younger fans that if something bothers you, you can just walk up to anybody and smack them upside the head and you are going to be heralded as, as a hero. Right. Um, on the other side of that, um, knowing what kind of environment you're in, you got to take that into consideration. You are in an award show where the host or the presenter or whatever is a comedian. Like, yeah. this is what his gimmick is. This is what he does. And it's not like nobody knows who the fuck Chris Rock is. Yeah. Like, everybody knows what this guy is all about. If you took exception to it, you could have pulled him off backstage. You could have, you know, had an actual conversation with him without making a spectacle of it. Um, and I kind of feel like that's where I would have went with it, just to show, like, my kids that it's not okay to just walk up to people and just punch them in the face because they said something that offended you. There's a right way to handle things. There's a wrong way to handle things. Now, had Rock been so vile about something or said something that was just so totally um, off color and just, you know, with the, with, with the purpose of hurting somebody else's feelings, I may have taken, I may take a different approach at that. Right. I... I'm, I'm very indifferent. Like, would it be something that I would have done? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I will say, hmm, and I, I hate defending people when, when you know, shit like this happens. Because it, it, it's not right. Any, any way you slice it, it's not right. But he didn't knock his ass out. He didn't close fist hit him. He opened open hand slapped him i think chris rock composed himself very well and i think that will smith lost it and i think that he was right in defending his wife wrong in his actions but here's the thing I don't think anything, anybody should have been banned from the fucking academy. Like, why go so far? Why are we taking so much stock into what he said? He made a mistake, clearly. Just like I've made mistakes bigger than that. Just like you've made mistakes probably bigger than that. Like... It was a mistake. He walked up and slapped somebody. Sure, the whole world seen it, yada, yada. But why are we putting so much stock into, oh, because it's Will Smith, because he's a celebrity, so he's got to be banned, and, you know, the the cops got to be called, and he fucking slapped a guy. Like, he thought he was defending his wife. 
he, you know, the joke went a little too far. No, Chris Rock didn't mean anything. Like, yes, he apologized. He apologized. Right. And Chris Rock didn't press charges. I'm sure Chris Rock and and him will will work it all out or whatever. But why this big hoopla about it? Why? Because he's a celebrity? He's just like us. And we've done worse. And look at us. We didn't lose our jobs. We didn't lose our titles, our statuses, all that shit. But, like, nowadays, you post anything wrong on on freaking Facebook and and you lose your job. Right. Why? Um, I think in terms of, like, this 10-year ban that the Academy put on Will Smith, in my opinion, it's corporate influence. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Like, right. like Coca-Cola could, could have contacted the Academy and said, if you don't do something about this, yeah, because our name and our brand is associated with your show, and this, this happened at your show, this is not how we want our, our brand to be represented while we are advertising your show. If you don't do something about this and make it a public spectacle, uh, we're pulling the the three point four billion dollars worth of revenue that we we send to your organization. Right. That's and what it comes down to. I was just gonna say that that's a really good point because I remember there being, and I can't remember which which news network it is, but there was this news network that they were live, and this this woman got shot. She was shot on like live television and they didn't cut the live feed and like people seen it like this woman was was murdered on TV and the news network couldn't shut it down in time or or didn't was just in such shock that they, you know, they didn't shut it down. Right. And this this guy kept on filming it like the, the news anchor was shot and killed on live television and it took them like a while to finally cut cut the feed they're still in business and someone was murdered on on their website but here is will smith who got upset about a joke about a sick wife you know not not something that was even directed towards him but thought you know okay i'm gonna go ahead and defend my wife so I'm going to walk up there and I'm going to make a bad decision and I'm going to slap Chris Rock on the Academy Awards. And now I, I'm we're going we're going to ban him, even though there's, you know, other networks and stuff that have done so much worse. And it's not like they were fined or taken off the air for, you know, so I, I think you're right. I think it, it it's it's probably headed towards corporate influence, but. Right or wrong. I mean, the whole thing is right and wrong. It's it's both right and it's wrong. Like, yes, he should have stuck up for his wife, but he also should have, like, it, they were in the front row. Everyone knows at the Academy, okay, you're like, you're sitting ducks, you're, you're targets. Like, how could she not be? You know, how could he not be a target? Like, they're in the front row. Everyone cracks jokes. It happens at every single award you know, show where the hosts will crack jokes about someone and they're usually terrible jokes. It was the joke wasn't even funny. It was just shitty. It was stupid. Right. You know, but he made a bad decision and he apologized for it. And 
I don't know why everyone is just going so apeshit about this. Like, you know, like, it's almost like everyone's like, no, you you have to pick a side. And it's like, there there is no side. Like, either way you lose. But I think it was, it was either, no, I, I, I think it was Magic Johnson. I might be wrong about that. That had made a quote um, about the whole situation. And he had said that Will Smith just set back the entertainment industry. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Thank you. Okay, yeah. so it was Kareem, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. See, I'm watching that show Winning Time with John Riley, And I've got, like, Magic Johnson on my brain. But, yes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had said that. And it's like, he did not set back the entertainment industry for for a, a fucking mistake. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. And if he did, then that says a whole lot about us people who put that much stock into mistakes that people make. They're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Right. He just bad judgment call. It was it was terrible. What he did was absolutely crossed the line. But he knows that too. And he, you know, he's He's trying to make it right. I mean, damn, he resigned from the Academy before they even banned him. You know, like, I'm sure he feels the weight of that, like, every day. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta unlock my... All right. Lack of workers. There is no choice to this. This is a... Do you think it's laziness? Do you think they just want to live off the state? Do you think they're just holding out for better paying jobs? Do you think that these places of employment say that they're hiring, but they're really not hiring? Because they're being picky choosing? Lack of workers, what do you think, Jay? Laziness is a huge part of this. Lack of work ethic is another. I mean, they they, they can be correlated one A, one B. Um, I don't think it's a lack of opportunity out there, especially okay. with the pandemic, as we're coming out of the pandemic. Like right. these businesses want to resume their normal business hours and operations before they had to shut down because of COVID. Um, I know business owners, lo local business owners, they can't resume their normal hours of operation because they don't have the manpower. The place that I work, which is a billion dollar corporation worldwide, can't bring in quality workers. I mean, they're bringing people in, but the work ethic that they're bringing in is absolute shit. Yeah, and terrible. it is that's the mentality of this younger demographic of people that are coming into the workforce. They want the whole world and everything that comes with it, but they don't right. want to put they don't want to put the effort into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, absolutely. I uh, so I I don't feel like it's a lack of opportunity. I feel like if people want to work and they want to be able to to provide for themselves for their for their families. You, I mean, you can go right down Main Street here and go up and down and like out of 20 businesses, 
five or six of them have help wanted signs. They're not out there for, for decoration. Right. These people need help. They want help. They want to hire help. Um, I, this, this, I'm seeing this more and more often because where, where I work, like I got in, in, into the company that I work in from a employee referral. You know what I mean? Okay. It was, it was like, you could not get into this place without somebody vouching for for you. That is no longer a thing. They took that completely off the table. So any Tom and Harry can walk in and walk in off the street and get a job there. What happens is that our quality has taken a shit. Yeah. Because they're bringing in shit employees. Um, I feel like that there are, there are, and I'm not saying this across the board, but yeah, yeah. this younger demo and, and, and the way they've been raised and everything that has been presented to them in terms of technological advances to make their lives a little bit easier has also made them a whole hell of a lot lazier. Yeah. And like they, they want it all, but they don't want to work for it. They want, they just want life hand it to them on a, on a silver platter. Sorry, kids. It don't fucking work that way. Right. That's that's my opinion on that. So, sidebar. Yeah. You were talking about the, the, the younger uh, generation and stuff like that. My son has this friend, and I'm not going to name him by name, because I know my, my kid will then show said person, but he, I, I told him I thought he was absolutely ridiculous. So they come in my house and this kid is looking for a job. And I was like, dude, everywhere is hiring. And he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I am I put in an application here and there and here and there and here and there. And he said, I, I had this interview like yesterday morning, you know, and I was like, oh, really? That's super awesome. Like, how'd it go? Well... It was for this landscaping business. And I was like, ooh, landscaping. That's amazing. You know, and he was like, yeah. He goes, but I'm in the interview and they're sitting there telling me the hours. And he's like, and mind you, you're thinking landscaping business, right? So what's the first, what's the first shift that would pop in your mind that a landscaping business would be open? Like super early in the morning, right? Because it's landscaping, you're doing yard work, you know, you want to do it before like the sun is being and, you know, and, and this kid was like, yeah, I just told them, you know, like once they told me it was like a six to like 6am to, I think he said like two or something like that, six to two or six to three. He's like, I just told them, I, I'm not a morning person. And sorry, I, I'm not your guy. And he got up and he walked out. And I was just like, this was an $18 an hour job and it was full time and it was guaranteed employment and you haven't had a job in like six months. I'm like, are you kidding me? You just told them, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a morning person when you're like dying to get a job. I mean, I, I went ballistic on this kid. I went ape shit. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Like. When my boss, when I worked for the attorney, she had me down to three days a week. And I was like, holy crap. Okay. And I was, I was a salaried employee. 
and she just had so many things going on. She was like, Amy, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like I have to, you know, she had doctor's appointments and stuff because she was, she had to get on the liver transplant list. And so she's like, I, I got to put you down to three days a week. And I'm like, shit, like I have to supplement my income. Right. So I was like, okay, well I work Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday at Linda's. So I'm open Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, and Sunday. So I hauled my cookies around everywhere and nobody wanted to work with me except for this one place. And that was Maryland Fried Chicken in Emily City. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, <coughs> I was the best chicken slinger. I don't even give a shit. I'm not too old for that. So I got bills to pay. I got kids to raise. I am not too good for Maryland fried chicken. I, I got to do what I got to do. And that's what I did. And this kid, this kid is like, I'm not a morning person. And I'm like, I'm going to beat your ass. You know, like, are you kidding me? And that's what they do nowadays. But the reason why I bring up this topic is only because I've been like looking on the Lapeer discussion page a lot, right? There's there's been some some pretty heavy discussions. Um, some are stupid, but there is this one girl that I have seen on there posting. Please, if anyone knows who's hiring, like let me know. I have put in my application here and here and here and here, and I've called and followed up, and like she's doing all the right things. But nobody's calling her back. And I'm like, how in the hell is that even possible? Because all these places are hiring and, and these people are listing these places. And she's like, yep, I put in an application there on, on this day. I called so-and-so and asked about the status of my application, which is actually one of the best things that you can do. Right. You know, like a follow-up call it. Let's them know that you're serious. A lot of these people, they do it by um, like online. So you fill out an application online and like you you just hope that someone sees it. You know, they, they have to go through all these other applications and all that shit. And then by the time, you know, they went through like a hundred or whatever, like they're done looking. And if they didn't get to their, your name, they didn't get to your name. But that's when you call up the manager and you say, hey, I just put in an application online. This is my name. Can you, you know, can you, can you take a look at it so that they can like find you and try to hire you? And and this lady said that she was doing all of this. And she just, she said some of the places that she was, she was uh, putting in her application. She said she'd call up there to check on the status of her application. And they'd be like, oh, we're not really hiring. But they're online sitting there saying, oh, we're just, it's shorter workage. We're having such a, you know, or, or worker shortage. And, you know, we're having just a hard time with staffing issues. But they're not willing to hire anyone. And this, like, this girl, and I've seen a couple other people be like, I've been putting in my application, and no one's calling me. Like, what, what the hell is the deal? So I thought I'd bring it on as a topic. What the hell is the deal? Are they hiring? Is there really a, a shortage of workers or are these people just lazy or are they lying? Are they saying they're just doing that? You know, that's a, you know, I guess I never really thought of it like that. 
before I forget the, this point, and this makes me so happy, do you know the last time I heard of Maryland fried chicken? Like that. I, that was my second job for a few years before um, my my lawyer boss lady actually retired because she, she got on the list and she ended up getting a little bit too sick um, to continue her practice. But right before she retired, that's when I, I got the job at the place that I'm at now. And I, you know, I've been there for the past three years. And I'm super happy with it, but because it was like really full time, I had to quit Maryland Fried Chicken. But let me tell you, they're the greatest bunch of ladies ever, ever. Like it was good pay. It was good work. You know, like you worked your ass off, your ass off. That place is clean. It is so up to like code on safety and like food safety. And like the head chick, Elise, shout out. She is amazing. She is just, she's like the best, one of the best bosses ever. Like, I don't even care that it was fast food. Like, I am not too good for any of these jobs. That's the way I look at it. I, I love Carolyn's fried chicken. I, I get it. Um, I just, like, I hadn't heard that. So long. I was like, and, and when you said that, I was like, I put that right, right up there with hot now because yeah, <laughs> staples of our childhood. Yes, uh, they're going strong, man. They're they're going strong. It's all right. I only got two more, and these right. are pretty big. I don't know how much time we have, so we might only get to like one, but they're kind of in the same realm. Okay. Oh boy, heavy sigh. It's 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 a thing. <laughs> Why am I so nervous all of a sudden? Like, I don't I know. know. Maybe it's maybe it's the way I'm looking at you, but nobody else knows it. Like, <laughs> like I've seen this look before. <laughs> Oxford school shooting. Are the parents partially to blame or no? Yes. I feel like I, they are. I feel like, um, like I, obviously I haven't followed every waking detail of this thing. Yeah. I've, I've, I've read what I've read. I've seen what I've seen. I've heard what I've heard. Right. Based on what's been presented to the media. Um, by and large, a lot of a lot of the consistencies are like uh, there's a lot of instances that took place that the parents had an opportunity to step in and, and, and do something here, especially when they realized that their kid was as fucked up in the head as he clearly was um you can't i mean what the fuck are we doing look yeah this is this was a big one i i do not take the stance that like i believe there should be a second amendment i do as long as it's done properly and responsibly that has not happened here 
No. Um, knowing that their kid was dealing with the barrage of issues that he was, what the fuck are we doing? Buying him a gun and then taking him out to a shooting range. Um, as Bobby's son type. Yeah. And that's great. But you knew, and I will not be convinced otherwise, right. that this was a possibility that this was happening. The morning of, them sons of bitches sat in that principal's office and they presented this evidence or whatever. Nothing was done. Right. Was it five, six kids blown away that day? For what? And I look at that little bastard's mugshots, and you can see pure evil in that kid's eyes. You look at those parents, their mugshots, you see <laughs> stupidity is the first one that comes out ignorance, entitlement. Um, yes, they deserve everything they got coming to them because as parents of a minor you are responsible and not only that you knew what the shit was happening yeah you knew what the possibility was you knew what this kid was saying and drawing and writing and all this stuff and you did nothing i know so yes they've got everything that's coming to them they deserve every bit of it and that much more right I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said. They were very aware. And if they get convicted, this will set an entirely new precedent that I think needs to be set with the parents being held. Like, people don't just have kids to for them to watch and teach themselves. You know, I I don't care who you are. Like, as a parent, your job is to be aware of these signs. Now, can we be aware of all of the signs? No. But the facts in the case, like with this kid and how disturbed he was and, and, and mentally fucked up he was, and this is no excuse, but the signs previously were there. They just didn't care they didn't even care to explore they didn't give a shit the mom you know the mom was out having affairs and you know fucking doing shit with her horses her. and you know the dad was out i don't even know what the fuck he was doing i have no idea but their job first and foremost is to make sure that that kid gets the help that he needs now with that being said it brings me to the the very last one, which will also set such a precedence. And I think you know what's coming. School. Is the school partially to blame or no? If the school had evidence that there was a potential of this happening and that they elected not to do anything, Bare minimum, expelling that kid or getting him out of getting him out of there in some sort of treatment plan or counselor or something that takes him out of the everyday operation of student in school. 
if they had any inclination that there was a possibility that this could happen and they chose not to they chose to i mean okay they brought the parents in for a meeting or whatever that's great and everything but when that meeting was over and the parents were leaving the school why wasn't the kid with them like they had they had the power to make that happen they had the power to get that kid the hell out of the building on that morning they, they had that uh, they had that backpack there they yeah. had the backpack there nobody checked it right. why why did not one person think to check the backpack that it was it was the one thing that could have saved the the whole thing the whole thing you know the kid would be looking at what a, a mental institution bringing a gun to school you know with with his mental shit going on it wouldn't have even seen court the, the kid would have been charged as a juvenile for bringing a you know bringing a gun to to a school he he would have been expelled probably did schooling online and and got the help that he need had had one person one person check that fucking backpack that was in the room with them you have a counselor and a teacher and a principal none of them called the cops right. all their training nobody called the cop nobody called cps like they're they're mandatory reporters like you're supposed to report these things immediately to cps the minute shit happened none of the protocols were followed none of them I'm not that teacher. I think the teacher shouldn't have been named in the lawsuit because the teacher was the only one that fucking did her job, which was she identified a fucking problem and then she immediately took that fucking kid to the principal's office, immediately called their parents. Like she's the only one that did the right thing. Everything else should have been done by the school, like the, the principal, the counselor, all that shit. You, what they told the parent, I don't even give a fuck what they told the parents on that particular day. They chose to let that kid, and, and I don't care what anyone tells you. I don't care if it's like, it, the way I read it in the news is, oh, those parents refused to take their kid home. Really? How many times did your parents come into the school and the school be like, oh, you're refusing to take your kid home? Okay, well, we'll just keep him in class. Nobody does that. They didn't kick that kid out. I know damn well that they didn't. Because no school is going to let some kid fucking stay if they really don't want him to stay. They're going to be like, no, I'm sorry, you need to take your fucking kid home. And they didn't do that. Oh, no, the parents refused to take him home. That's the biggest bunch of bullshit. That's just called passing the book yeah they're all fucking responsible except for that teacher i i x her out of that whole thing and she's named in that lawsuit i don't fucking know why because she's the only one that did her fucking job they all failed this child they all failed him he was so fucked up and he deserves everything he gets right but this could have been avoided plain and so in, in my opinion this all could have been avoided. This is what happens when you, 
When we initially talked about this on a couple of the other shows on on the network here after everything had happened, like it, it could like I traced it back to Columbine in Colorado in, in 1999 because that was the really the first major nationwide story like this. Sure. Two guys went in there with automatic weapons or semi-automatic weapons and were blowing people away at yeah. random. Um, Sandy Hook. Um, you know, it's it takes these catastrophic events to get people back on track. But when things don't happen, we I don't I, I don't want to say we forget that this is a possibility, but essentially that's what happens. We forget well, that this is a possibility. We let our guard down. Exactly, and then something like this happens. Now, why does this register with you and me so bad? Because this happened 20 minutes down down the fucking road from where we right. grew up. In our backyard. Yeah. It's like, like in our backyard. I woke up that, that afternoon and like, you know, you go on social media or, or this and the other thing, pray for Oxford, pray for Oxford. And I'm thinking the first thing, you know, I'm still wiping the sleep out of my eyes. Like did something happen in, in England? Like what's what's yeah. happening? Oxford, Michigan did not register until I saw their logo on something. Right. Their big O logo. And yeah. I was like, wait a minute. So then I jump on the news. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm starting to read all this shit. I'm like, no way. No way does this happen here. But then yeah. it takes me back to when uh the young kids, the six and seven year olds that got into a situation in Mount Morris where a young girl was, was shot by her classmate, like a first grade classmate, uh, oh. mid 2000s. I, I, I believe it was, do you remember that? I like, don't really. Cause I mean, that was, that was a big thing because how are these young kids getting a hold of these weapons? Right. You know what I mean? But it takes something like this to happen for us to, to get back on, on track. Look, we have to be prepared for this shit. No matter when it happens, it's yeah. always going to be a possibility. We have to have things in place. There needs to be continuously improved protocol. Yeah. When, you, when you see a kid that is who is uh, demonstrating this kind of behavior, we need to do something so we don't have another Columbine, Sandy Hook, or in, the, in our case now, Oxford. And... We send our kids to, to school with the premise that they are being they are being taken care of, that they're being protected, that they're being looked after. So yes, the school administrators, aside from the teacher that you that you talked about, every goddamn one of them um, has blood on their hands. Whether yeah. they, I mean, they can spin the narrative no matter how I mean, however they want. And they are like they, yeah. to say. Um, but you are in a role that you fucking failed. Yeah. And now you have to be held accountable. Because yeah. I because you know goddamn well every family that's affected by every kid that was lost or or injured or whatever on that day, they're coming. And yeah. they're coming for justice. And they there will be no uh, there will be no stone unturned. That's for damn sure. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm happy that finally, like in these certain circumstances, 
I'm not happy that this happened. I'm not happy that it was in our backyard. You know, that day I got a call from Matt who works in Oxford slash Lake Orion. And he was at work when this happened. And he was like, there's all these sirens. Oh my God, mom, this is what's going on. And his work is next to the school. And it was kind of like, holy shit. And then all of a sudden I started getting text messages and calls about Chase's school. Like Chase was in lockdown. It's the scariest thing. It's just, and it, it ain't even like it's, it's near here, but it's not like in here, but it's still the scariest thing. And all of us at work were just glued. We were just glued to Facebook and glued to the news. And, you know, we were all talking about it. And then, you know, it, we had to have these really tough conversations, you know, with, with our kids, you know, if you see something, say something. And, and it, it stems from, you know, bullying as well. Like, don't be bullying kids. And, you know, like it, you have all these conversations with your kids when this stuff comes up, because I mean, my oldest understands, but my youngest, he has no fucking idea. Right. We, we have guns. But, I mean, you see in that corner, there is a big-ass safe. Yep. And the bullets are not in that safe. That's locked in a whole different safe in a whole other room that you have to have our thumbprints for. Like, there are certain protocols that parents need to, you know, I, I mean... That's like, that's a whole nother episode too. You know, like there, there's certain things that you got to do to make sure your kids are safe. But when things like this happen, you also have to have those tough conversations with your kids about gun safety. You know, like if, if you have guns, you know, in, in your house, um, you have to talk to them about other kids and, and other kids' behaviors. And if you see something, say something, you know, it's not tattling. Like if you feel uncomfortable, Go talk to a teacher, like tell them about these things. And now they have our kids doing Alice training, which is good, but it's also, it's, it's scary for them, you know, because they're so young and, and they don't really like understand. It's just, they, they feel the fear as well. And we feel the fear. And I am damn glad that now they're starting the, the court system. And I, and I think it has failed us on so many levels with, with other things. Like now they're starting. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. Now they're starting to understand that precedents now need to be set. Yep. And, and I'm glad that they're doing that and they're not shying away because of political, political gains or, you know, whatever they're being charged. There's lawsuits, you know, there's, charges pending against the parents there's lawsuits against the school like shit's gonna go down and i couldn't be happier because that shit needs to happen this this needs to be a thing the teachers the 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 school representatives the parents they need to be scared that oh shit if i don't pay attention and if I don't do the right things that I'm taught to do, and like, these are serious positions. This is not just, oh, I get to go to work and I get summers off. No, you have real fucking responsibilities. These are kids, you know? 
you don't, again, you don't know what's going on in kids' homes. If something can be prevented, you want to make sure that you are doing everything that your training taught you to do the right thing and to try to prevent situations like this. And some of them can't be prevented. It's just crystal clear. Like some of these situations cannot or could not be prevented in any way, shape, or form. But this one could have, yep. period. I totally agree. Totally agree. And I really appreciate the level of passion that, that you brought to this because even you know that that happened what in November, and yeah. you don't hear you you don't hear much about it anymore. But I can I can tell you this: there's probably not a student in that building at this point that's still just as fresh now as it was on the morning that it happened. Yeah, and that's a goddamn shame because that, that, that's what happens when it's not in the headlines or there's no juicy gossip or no yeah. this that or anything. It starts to fade from the headlines it starts to fade from social media it ain't fading from from those kids memories from yeah. their hearts from their minds from their souls that's irreparable damage absolutely and, and it's gonna it's that shit is gonna last with them for a fucking lifetime the rest of their lives there will be something that triggers a memory of that morning for the rest of their lives and that's oh, yeah. not fair no so this was a great idea. Okay. This was a great idea. And I feel like this is going to be one one of those reoccurring things that, that we do here on, on the show every so often. I, I absolutely love this idea. Good. Good. Um, I'm glad. You know, we, we chuckled a little bit, but, you know, we got serious, too. And yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the roller coaster that is life. You know, there's good, there's bad. You take the good, take the bad, take them on. There you have it. Back to life. <laughs> I liked that show. <laughs> I did too, man. This is G was awesome. This is G. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, in closing, ladies and gentlemen, stop using the word panties. It's just gross. And it makes my skin crawl. Just keeping it real. What is the preferred term here? Just undies, underwear, oh. skivvies, anything but panties. It's disgusting. I, I mean, do you care to elaborate? Have you always felt that way, or? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Whenever I hear the word panties, I think pedophile. Okay, well. Fair enough. Just um, a little, I, just a little tidbit for for the day. Okay, Again, well, just keeping it real. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> All right. Well, this this was this was a great topic. This was a great thing to do here, and uh, very thought provoking. I dug it, and I and I think the listeners dug it too um, and with any kind of feedback uh, show topic ideas questions comments concerns anything of that nature we encourage uh, any correspondence we now have our own Facebook page it is the real podcast on Facebook uh, you can send us a direct message to, to that Amy and I will see it respond to it 
and um, and and if it's cool, we'll even incorporate it into the show. So, um, anything else before we put a bow on this? No, okay. sir. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in. Be awesome to yourselves and to each other. Go out this week and make a positive impact in somebody's life or their day. With that, we'll see you next Saturday right here on The Real Podcast on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm.